Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. off track with Hinch and Rossi. Yeah, it's not not gin in my cup. We'll just start there. I'm jealous. But I mean, you're it's afternoon where you are, isn't it? It sure isn't. <laughs> it is Monday morning. Oh no. <laughs> it's Monday morning at 10 o'clock? Yeah. It's it's funny. Yeah. I went to a golf outing this morning on behalf of uh not to golf. To okay. Like, I was just going to say, say we're going to have yeah. to talk about do, that. Do a meet and greet um, on behalf of Conquer Paralysis Now and Neuro Hope and a lot of really good things um, for Sam Schmidt and part of Errol McLaren. Um, Heard of him. Heard of him. So I was just, I, I, I knew this was a thing, but I was just blown away at the commitment Golf? that people have at eight o'clock on a Monday morning to just start drinking. Just send it. Oh, dude. And it's like, man, I guess it's, it's kind of like airport bars. Like it, time doesn't exist on a golf course. I like how this is coming back to a conversation we've had about how <laughs> just all societal norms just cease to yeah. exist when yeah. concerning alcohol. I you was, get to an airport. Um, I was like, guys, it and is 801 and it is, there was donuts and coffee on the counter, but no, it was, it was screwdrivers and Caesars. Yes, exactly. But let's be clear yeah. here. It's not just societal norms about alcohol that disappeared airports all societal norms disappear at airports like what else you can wear whatever you want you it's not That's uncommon fair. to see people in pajamas yes. chips cost like 18 dollars. <laughs> yes like everybody's kind of rude to each other it's just you get to do whatever you want at airports. pretzel it's pretzel amazing. establishments are still in business bro yeah bro <laughs> yes yeah. okay it's like the, okay. it's like the 1990s mall food court yeah hold on hold on <laughs> Hold on, Alex brings up a great point here about an earlier conversation. I want to give. Well, no, we could we could leave the drinking at the at the golf course thing alone now, uh, because yes, it doesn't make any sense. I was walking through the airport the other day, and I text Alex and and our like group in Indy, and I was like, "Has anybody ever?" ordered a pretzel at an airport because I walked by a pretzel shop and it wasn't the first pretzel shop I'd walk by. Of course, there was an Auntie Anne's or Annie's or whatever. But now at Indy, there's a new one called something else. And I'm like, like a like a a curated gourmet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like an artisanal pretzel (laughs) situation. And and I'm like, I, I can't recall ever. Well, I've never ordered a pretzel at an airport, and I I can't I even like recall walking. I, I don't remember watching somebody do. I don't think I've ever seen somebody consuming a pretzel at an airport. So I was blo- so I just assumed Aunt Annie's or whatever it's called, Annie Ann's, whatever, is which is like a money laundering scheme. Yeah, I was going to say it's a, definitely, definitely money. But laundering. now there's <laughs> now there's a second one. 
So there's like some precedent for money to be made for like drugs. (laughs) Yeah. So this is a wild. And so one or two of the guys on the group chat said that they had at least at one point in their lives ordered them. But these are all people that travel regularly. And it was like, yeah, because we I mean, come on. First of all, you. Yeah, that's fair. First of all, we (laughs) all have we all have. 58 different group chats with <laughs> iterations fair. of like the same yeah. people plus or yeah. minus one. I, I yeah. counted it up. I'm in 68 current group chats with, with Marco. Marco. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the worst, man. It is all the, but yeah, I don't know. I've never, so you've never ordered one, Tim, a pretzel at an airport? No. No. no like, Alex like, was like one of the few like that I had. responded. No, no, oh. never at an airport. I said the last time I ordered anything from Auntie oh, Anne's <laughs> was at right. a mall when I was on like a date in high school. Yeah. Because that's what the you old, did. That was the old 2005 move. Yeah. Exactly. Let's <laughs> yeah. go to Hot Topic and get a pretzel. Um, so, Dude. Oh, God. Hot Topic. I yeah. also don't know how they're in business and who go Because, again, not even in the group. I, I, I've never walked by someone sitting down with a pretzel. I've never that's seen someone what I'm saying. a pretzel outside of a, outside of a sporting event. Correct. And or, even then, it's like it's got to like be outdoors. German group. beer garden. Yeah, or, that's fair. That's I've fair. ordered a pretzel like at a brew pub when you want like yeah. beer yeah. cheese and stuff. Yeah, at a beer right. garden. Yes, yeah. I yeah. get it. I'm not saying I've never ordered a pretzel. I'm right. saying it's I've never ordered a pretzel yeah. at an airport and never there's even, always a pretzel. It's place. never even been something where I've contemplated it. No. It's not even like an option. <laughs> no, it's not even on the radar. You're like starving. You're like, ah, oh, there's nothing open. So it's like, yeah, but Annie Ann's open. I'm like, yeah, there's nothing open. Like, yeah, I, guess, I guess I'm going to go get a, like a cold sandwich from a day and a half ago from like the Hudson News. Like, yes, wrapped yes, in don't plastic. Like, and, yeah. Like, <laughs> there was the SNL sketch about that of like somebody ordering sushi at an airport. <laughs> Like that, not not like going to a sushi restaurant, but getting the little containers of sushi that they have at the, at the Hudson News. Oh no, I have done that in Charlotte. Oh my god, it's the only place I've done that. It's the only place that's, I've done it, but that's like it's like a little sushi bar. Like that's, yeah, it is. yeah. No, I'm I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about when you go to like the magazine like stand, gas and station like, sushi. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. But at the airport, I literally that. I don't even register Annie. What is the name of it, Tim? Can you just Google? Because I, I don't know if it's. Aunt Annie's, Auntie Annie's, Auntie Annie's. I don't know. It's Aunt Annie's. Survey says. Auntie Anne's. Oh, it's Auntie Auntie Anne's. Okay. So. Pretzels and money laundering. I I don't even register it as food. I just see it as like a. It's just like but furniture. It always smells the, amazing, right? Oh, it's not the ones good. that like they it's have not, the fan not, with the like the overly saccharin stuff. It's not Cinnabon. Cinnabon. Oh my god! Let's garbage, only, garbage, cinnamon roll. Amazing smell. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to s- agree with that statement. I thoroughly enjoy when I feel like just having complete reckless abandon for my health and body. I enjoy a Cinnabon. But, but you've you've gone like again. I think the last time I ordered a Cinnabon was that same high <laughs> that school same date. date. Yeah, <laughs> man, you really rolled out the red carpet for that girl. Um, uh, her that's name was Audrey. Kelly. So uh, <laughs> I, I, she's single. Um, she coming to the wedding? <laughs> not, and I think she has like six kids now. So beggars can't be no, choosers. I, yeah. Dude, I have definitely ordered a Cinnabon in the last five years. For sure. Okay. Again, not super like that. That wasn't recent. There's a I, lot. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to, I'm going to check all these boxes next time I'm in an airport. 
So on your red eye to Miami? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's coming up. Oh yeah. man, it's super coming up. Oh man, and I feel I, bad yeah, for this bachelor party may be the end of this podcast when we all inevitably get kidnapped. Well, no, no, no. Come on, let's not be rude. Um one of us is gonna get kidnapped. And it's well, here's the thing. I It'll feel be like him. It'll, It'll probably be yeah. me. Yeah, just because right. I not because I like am a not like I'm the logical target. They're not going to get much from me, but like just because of my general luck. Yeah, at one point I I advised him against you know certain things for risk of losing a kidney and his entire net worth, and his response was, "Well, you don't need two kidneys and what net worth? It sounds <laughs> worth it." <laughs> So this is why I'm putting an air tag in your like underwear and I'm yeah. going to make sure those, I have tabs on you at all that times. don't know, we're going to Columbia for young Mr. Rossi's bachelor party because yeah. Moscow wasn't available. <laughs> <laughs> they are in the middle of something. Did you just go through like travel advisories and just be like, what are the countries that we can go to but shouldn't <laughs> just throw yeah, a dart at was, the board? That was second on the list. Like, I yeah. wonder, do they? We can still legally go here, but the government is highly suggesting <laughs> we do not. Yeah. Um, I'm uh, reconsidered travel due to crime and terrorism. <laughs> That's the official State Department advisory for Colombia. Is it actually? Yeah. <laughs> Level three out of four. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) This literally says reconsider travel. (laughs) Honestly, what's the worst that can happen? uh, Dang! (laughs) (laughs) Quite a few things. Do we want to have that conversation? (laughs) Well, uh, Kelly, if you're listening, which I know you're not, Becky, if you're listening, which I know you are, I, I just I'm sorry, um, but we have to do this. We've planned it. It's we've already booked the Airbnb, so we can't back out now. It's really a level three or four, huh? There are literally <sighs> sections that are level four, though. So oh. <laughs> so there are parts of the country that you shouldn't go oh. to. Are any of them the oh, part that we're going hilarious. to? I don't know. No, probably not. I, I talked to I talked to a friend who is literally just there. He said it was right. Like I was he there. said, it's a, it's a it's a better version. It's a more cultured version of Miami is what he said. Yeah. Honestly, again, I went there. It was great. I loved it. I think we're going to love it. I think it's going to be fun. I'll start looking um, up escape rooms now. Please do. That would be good. <laughs> oh, I feel like they're probably a little bit too much of like actually having to escape out of the room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's no <laughs> time limit. It's just yeah. <laughs> you either get out or you don't. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They lock the door and leave. And it's just there's no button if you have to go to the bathroom in that one. <laughs> There's no hint. There's no hint button. There's no guy with a walkie-talkie to be like, look under the table. <laughs> anyway. Oh, man. So, motorsports. Yeah, so something happened this weekend. Um, I know nothing about anything NASCAR-related, so let's not even bother. Um, I don't even know who won. Um, I think I Hamlin won. Oh, but that's all I know. Um, so there was an F1 race this weekend in Singapore, which Mm -hmm. is always one of my favorite, like it was one of my favorite events um, because I love, first of all, the city. I think the city is amazing. I think visually that race is by far the coolest on the calendar uh, until Vegas. 
assuming that goes off as it should. Um, well, no, seriously, like, have yeah, you seen yeah, the no, construction pictures? Like, yes. I, I mean, they're like, they're like posting pictures and bragging about how well it's doing. And I'm looking at it and being like, um, it's, it's four miles of dirt, but okay. Tick tock guys. Tick tock. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. Anyway, so I, I, I just, I love the event. I love watching it. Um, it was, it was shaping up. It was always going to be an interesting weekend. You know, F1. I've heard two things. So before I say that this is what happened, did this happen? Did they change some regulations on what was allowed with like floors and wings from a yeah, there was, there was a standpoint? Yeah, there was like a change in how they tested certain parts of the right. flexi wing stuff. Yeah. And Red Bull adamantly says, you know, it didn't make a difference, but let's be honest, it clearly must have because on merit, neither car um, got into Q3. The car, both cars, both Red Bulls looked like they were a handful all weekend long. Um, So it was a race where Verstappen was starting 11th and legitimately didn't have the pace to like compete. So I was interested because it was like, hey, we're going to see someone else win. And for the first 30 laps, it was a terrible race. And then the last 24 laps, it was an awesome race. And my appreciation and respect for for, for Carlos, I always kind of thought Carlos Sainz was a little bit overrated and he was really lucky to be in these situations that he found himself in. He completely changed every opinion and perception I've ever had of him in like a 24-lap period. I agree to a lesser extent in the sense that my opinion of him started changing two weeks ago at Monza. So, you know, I, I write this article for formula1.com and big last, F1 guy, big F1 guy last week or last race, whatever it was. Um, I was super impressed with Monza because first of all, he's been better all year, right? Like last year, Carlos was kind of known as a, a great racecraft guy, but not a single lap pace guy. Like Leclerc was the guy that was knocking out poles and out qualifying him, you know, 10 to 7 or was worse than that, I think 15 to 5, whatever the numbers are in F1. It was significantly weighted in his advantage. All season long, they've been like neck and neck. They've been kind of one for one. They've been pretty even, which is already a big step up for Carlos over the single lap pace. And he's just like really figured it out. He paced well in practice in Monza, qualified on pole. The Red Bull was still the dominant car, but he finished best in class by being third. And then we go to Singapore. He was second in P1. He was first in FP2, first in FP3, led two of the three qualifying segments. And just, he didn't just drive away with it. It wasn't just like he had a good car and was and was on it that weekend and whatever. The way that he had to think about those last 24 laps, that's what impressed me so much, right? No, that's that's my point. So like yeah. for those that didn't watch the race, um it was it was going to be pretty boring, but uh you know, Mercedes had a lot of foresight, I guess, in the sense that they were the only team that saved an extra set of the medium tire. There was situation safety car or whatever that allowed Mercedes to kind of take the yellow and pit for these new tires whereas the McLaren of Lando, most everyone, everyone else kind of was going to have to do, I think it ended up being like 40 odd laps on a set of hards. Um, no, like 30, 38 no, laps wrong. on a set of hards. There's an, it, there was another one that they took. There was a VSC they took. No, it was, it was the first one. Oh. Yeah, so there was okay. only two yellows. 
So anyways, so they, they, they came in at the Ferraris oh, came sorry, in at the sorry. beginning yeah, yeah, of their yeah. window. Right. And so they had yeah. to make the hards last a long time. Carlos w- w- started the race, drove to a, a pace, um, knowing that he was going to have to make them, make them last a while. But clerk did the same thing. Um, but essentially what happened was both Mercedes were able to come in with like 21 laps left and put on a new set of medium tires. And they were at times two seconds quicker a lap. And they closed down this gap um, to the top three in like 15 laps. And so it was then a race. Um, well, Leclerc actually fell off massively, which was incredible how much he fell off compared to Carlos. But anyways, so Carlos and Lando were one, two. George and Lewis hunted them down, got through traffic, closed the gap, and got onto Lando's rear wing with like seven or eight laps to go. And through this entire process, Carlos had like a 1.2 to 1.5 second lead on Lando and was kind of just managing the pace. Well, as soon as George caught Lando, Carlos, on his own like merit, slowed down enough to where Lando was in DRS range because Carlos knew that if Lando had DRS, he was going to be able to defend much easier against the Mercedes. So he was, he was exposing himself a little bit more, but he knew he had enough pace in hand to deal with Lando, but he didn't think he had enough pace to deal with the Mercedes. So he was using Lando as a block by giving him DRS for like the last seven laps. And it worked like George and Lewis couldn't get through him. And Carlos and Lando ended up finishing one, two. And the fact that he, had the intelligence and the the bandwidth not only to manage the race like i get that like all of us at this point can you're a professional can, that's what you do you can manage the race you can think about where you're stronger than lando blah 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 and you can you can usually maintain the lead if you're in that kind of situation but he knew that there was cars that were coming that were significantly quicker and that he had to use someone he was racing for the win as like a pick in order to ensure his victory. Like that's just, I mean, that's awesome. So like, it was, it was so impressive hundred percent because like you say, you, you, you back off that, that little bit to put yourself, put him in the window, the DRS window, but now you've exposed yourself to the point where he's a got DRS. You don't. And any small little lockup or oversteer on exit or overrunning a curb, all that stuff, you're now completely exposed to giving up the win. Right. And he had to just, be absolutely mistake free, but not get too far ahead, not far too fall back, not fall too far back. <clears throat> awesome. So it, it was so frustrating for the Mercedes guys that George ended up clipping the wall in the final lap, trying to set Lando up for a pass and DNFing. So Lewis ended up getting up on the podium. But it was, yeah, it was a that you, you said it, the bandwidth, right? Like that's the kind of stuff we've seen out of Max all year. Is it's mm-hmm. not just about driving the car on the limit and managing the race it's while doing that still having so much extra capacity to think about xyz and it was super impressive man lando was like over the moon because you know i thought because he crossed the line less than a second behind the leader i thought he was going to be a little bummed he didn't win but he was just so happy because he know he knew that carlos kept him in the range well otherwise lando's gonna be fourth He's me fourth, so he kept a. He was happy because he got a podium out of it because he he wouldn't have otherwise. And uh, Lewis clocked up his like one hundred and ninety sixth podium. Yeah. 
to which I think there was some joke on the on like in the press conference that like the two other guys up there with him don't even have 196 races combined. Like it's it's insane. So he's second only to Scott Dixon. Correct. <laughs> Correct. God, Scott Dixon's so good at everything. Yeah, even F1 never does it, but you know. I bet he'd be great. He'd yeah, be so I good. Just, I'm just upset to find out that I've been mispronouncing Charles's last name this whole time. Leclerc? So it's Leclerc. I've been saying Leclerc. Oh. It's Leclerc. I think it I think it's Leclerc. Yeah. I, mean, I think whatever. you said Leclerc. Uh, the it, they say it both ways, but I think he would say Leclerc. Okay. Well, now I feel less bad. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Either way. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I thought you were going to say that you were, you know, so disappointed that you were once again looked over for a Chip Ganassi racing seat. Yeah, so there is um, some IndyCar news out yeah. there. Well, they had to fill the seat that since uh, Dixon's going to coin. Right. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, that's not what was announced. It was announced <laughs> that Kiffin Simpson is expanding to five cars. Chip Ganassi Racing is going to five, five cars, full-time wow. cars because is, Marcus has signed that is Armstrong. too, too many. I, I mean, you're biased because you're in a three-car team. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm, hang I'm on. biased. I'm biased. Mm. I think he's biased because he's on a four-car team. I've been on a two, three, and four-car team, and at the Speedway, a six-car team. And I will tell you, I think that three cars is actually the magic number. I've been on a four, five, six, and seven-car team. Three, four, five, six, and seven. Oh, you're talking about Shank. Yeah. Yes. Yes, fine. Um, But yes, I do agree with you. Three kind of is the magic number. Uh, I don't know if you want to tell your bosses that because I feel like they keep talking about wanting to expand to four one day. But Ganassi going to five, that's really fascinating because they're clearly the fastest car. 
I'm not going to say they're the best team because Penske still won a billion races this year too, but uh, they did finish one, two in the championship. I would argue the opposite. I would argue that they're not the fastest car. They didn't have a pull this year. Who didn't? Ganassi. Indianapolis 500. Sorry. Aside from the Indy 500, I think of that as its own thing. Sorry. They don't have a pole this year. I'm not talking about... I would argue uh, that that they're actually the best team without the fastest car. I would say there's many teams that are actually faster cars. From a one-lap qualifying pace perspective, which I guess is the definition of fastest, yes, that makes sense. That's not how I kind of meant... I kind of meant race pace. You're right. You're right. I kind of meant race pace just because like it, it seemed honestly not dissimilar to what you see with Red Bull and F1 this year, which is like qualifying is usually a good show. They're either first, second or third, but not always just blowing people out of the water and qualifying. But then in race pace, they just mop the floor with everybody. That was kind of ganassi for me this year. Right. But, but I feel like that was not to take anything away from Scott because we all know what he's capable of. And what he did do this year, but I, I feel like the race pace was a Alex Pillow outlier, as we talked about a couple times before. Like, if you look at Dixon's yeah. three wins that he won at the end of the year, none of them were one on pace. Like, let's be let's be real. Like, they were um, not in any capacity. How do you win Gateway? Uh, he did three stops when everyone else did five. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, he won Indy GP. And Laguna, well, I mean, freaking Tim okay. could have won that one. You're right. So not the best cars, but I don't know. I just feel like they're... Mm. No, no, dude. They're the best team. They finished yeah. one, two in the championship. They are no, the best I know, yeah, yeah. They're the best team. They're the best team. Like, and, and like and, and, consistency and the, across the cars is also very impressive. For sure. The only race that Penske won was ovals. <laughs> yeah. No, Scott well, won Barber. Correct. Scott and Barber. And like right. could have won Portland and maybe Laguna. I mean, okay. They had good, yeah, they didn't. So maybe that's why they're not the best. Penske's not the best team and Ganassi is yeah. the best team. Either way, yeah. even though you're the best Who team. Who in Portland? Um, Scott Dixon. <laughs> um, Portland was won by Pillow. And he sealed the championship. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was, it was all the tires, right? Because everybody wasn't sure what to do with the reds right, because right, no one right. ran them. Yes. So mm. um, anyway, uh, expanding cars, <clears throat> expanding teams to accommodate more cars is challenging, as you well know. Yes. So even when you're operating at the level that Canassi's operating at, it's a huge undertaking. It's that much more people. It's that much more time spent in engineering, potentially that much more distraction. Uh, it's a big ask um, for the team to kind of maintain that sort of performance <clears throat> in a transition year like that. What do you think is going to happen to the CGR squad by adding a fifth car? I mean, what do I think or what do I hope? I know what you hope is going to happen. That's irrelevant. I'm going to say that because, I mean, you don't, yes. Um, I I don't know, man. Like, here, here's the thing, the, the, and, and we've talked about this um, kind of at length. The hardest part of having a race team right now is finding people. Like that is, that is 100% the hardest part. I was talking to someone who will rename unnamed and is not an IndyCar, um, but he was talking to me about how the hiring process, 
how much it's changed. So for example, previously, you know, you'd have applicants or whatever, and they come and do a job interview and sell themselves on why, you know, team X should hire them. Right. This person was telling me that now it's transitioned to like the first five or 10 minutes. Like he, he figures out if this applicant is like a, a decent person will fit in with the other workers, like has some general understanding of what he's talking about. And then the next like 50 minutes is him trying to convince them as to why they should come work for team X. So like, yes, of, of any team that's going to be able to do it from a performance standpoint, it's probably Ganassi, but like, where do you find the people? Like, it's just, I don't, I don't know how you do it. Like, it's crazy. I love in a sense, um, purely just because it's different, but like it's a seller's market in the, in the mechanics and engineers world right now. Like it's not the buyers. It's not the teams that have the power. And they have had no problem wielding that sometimes in pretty, you know, sometimes in unfair ways, if I'm being completely honest about it, not saying recently, but I've seen it in my career and now it's really back the other way. And it's kind of an interesting time. It sucks because we need more people. If you're listening and you are a young or not young person who likes working on race cars or is an engineering student or has an interest in commercial marketing, PR, no, no. Just if you think it's cool. Come work for Errol McLaren. <laughs> if you have Not the skill set and the passion and the interest, reach. We get we get asked this question all the time. How do I? Get what if we race? don't have any of those things? Just hypothetically speaking, but like we've done like a passable, maybe a little bit job editing a podcast for five years. Yeah, you definitely have a role on this podcast. Outside of that, <laughs> you're. I hate to tell you. Um, but no, seriously, we get asked all the time, how do you get into racing? And the answer is a, be looking right now in this time period and just reach out to race teams. They will literally take any application of anybody that walks in the door or fires them an email because that's how crazy this people shortage is right now. So young men and women out there, if you're interested in a career in racing, now is the time it is a seller's market, as I said. Mm. Okay, well, I, so I have a question about the Ganassi thing. They're adding a fifth car. Is Honda going to have a new engine, or is that coming from somebody else? TBD. Well, I, I mean, I think there's a lot of possibility that Andretti goes to three cars. So As, that would be a net yeah, zero. Be a free engine, yeah. Yeah, because Dev didn't get the leader circle money, right? Well, I think regardless, they were they were talking about not. Dude, did we talk about that on last week's show? We didn't. We how they, they wouldn't probably, let him go the 100 probably, feet to pass the line. We talk about it. So this was not something that we had the bandwidth to keep up with in real time on the broadcast. And I do feel bad about it because we talked a lot about the leader circle race, right? For Aunt Linda at home, leader circle is the top 22 uh, entrant points, car points, not driver points. So when you look at cars like the 11 that had two drivers or the 60 that had 17 drivers or the 30 that had a couple drivers, uh, it's the car that gets the points when it comes to leader circle. And the top 22 in leader circle get a <clears throat> significant financial uh, package from the series. Um, some of it comes in the form of cash. Some of it comes in the form of rebates or price breaks on vendor equipment, parts, whatever consumables, whatever. <clears throat> so there's a pretty important race going on because it's, you know, it's valued over a million bucks. So that's a huge impact on your budget for the following year. 
And there was a very tight race at, I don't, I hate to say like race at the bottom, but there was a race at that bubble with 27 full-time entries for that top 22. We noted on the broadcast how David had some issues. He was having some shifting problems and he was kind of pounding around way off the pace at, at a time where you would normally park it. Like he was that far off the pace. You would normally just, you wouldn't do submit your drivers, you know, to that, or, you know, it'd be kind of dangerous having a car out there going that slow. But in this case, you know, the 60, I think was running well. The 30 was out because of a first lap issue. Like there was a lot of reasons why he needed to just keep, pounding around for the last 10 laps or whatever. Well, they finally called him in. They black flagged him. And you're supposed to get a chance to like, this is good. It was so convoluted. I'm probably gonna get the details wrong, but like you're allowed to come in, make a change to the car to try to be better and go back out. They had timed it so that they were coming in and all they had to do was finish one more lap, which was essentially cross the start finish line, which they could have done in pit lane. But because their pit was before start finish line, they didn't get credited with that lap. And because they were not allowed to re-enter the track for some reason, an official wouldn't let them do it. New Garden, I think, was a lap down, four laps New down. Was four laps down, yeah. But he got one lap back on Dev and ended up passing Dev in the standings, taking one point away from the twenty-nine. And I did they tie on on points and it went to a tiebreaker. He was one point behind. Now, it would have tied and he would have won the tiebreaker. Right. So it would have tied. He would have won the tiebreaker based on his best results of the year. But it did. He ended up outside by a single point. And there was a lot of confusion as to why the official wouldn't even just let him roll down pit lane. He could have parked on the exit of pit lane, not even gone back onto the racetrack. So there's some, I, I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs. I don't want to play conspiracy theorist, but I'm saying that for that team, man, what a kick in the nuts. Like they were just trying to hang on, trying to make it happen. And some car that was already laps down ends up unlapping one of their laps from the 29 that got him the point. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Speaking to some people there, there's some obviously wild opinions as to why all that went down and everything. But ultimately, here's the thing. I always thought it was kind of weird um, that Andretti was the only team that was allowed to have four cars in the leader. They were grandfathered in, right? No, I understand. But still, like, come on. Leader circle is an interesting conversation to have at some point this offseason when we have nothing else to talk about. But the fact that, you know, Chip and Roger and a lot of these other teams have also committed a lot of time to the series. And ultimately they're only allowed three cars. So I'm not saying that the way that they lost it is necessarily fair or deserved, but like at the end of the day, now they have the same amount of cards eligible for leader circle as everyone else. So like, I don't know. Is that, does that, does it all kind of work out to be a net zero anyways? Like, I don't know. Well, wait, how does it that work? Because be. I know Marco didn't make leader circle one year, but they kept the four cars. So just because they didn't make it now, they can't do four. I thought it was just as long as they keep trying to run four, they're still eligible. No, once, once, I think it was after that, once a car failed to make it, they lost it. Got yeah, because they, they implemented the maximum three rule when I think Ganassi still only had three cars and Penske had already gone down to three cars. And so they sort of let Andretti, as you say, be grandfathered into the fourth car sort of amendment exception. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, maybe it does. I, at the end of the day, eventually it was going to be implemented. It was going to be forced on them at some point anyway, in the probably not too distant future. Uh, as you know, as IndyCar looks to change some certain things of the structure of the teams and 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 the parts they play and everything, so I don't know. But it's just just in that moment, you got to think like you know what it's like, Alex, being in those situations where all of a sudden everybody in the pit stands crying conspiracy. They're looking up the rule book. They're trying to think like, hey, are we appealing this? Like it just it's just such a feeling being on the on the losing end of one of those situations where there's not a clear reason how or why we ended up yes. there. Oh, 100%. 100%. So no, I'm not I'm not saying that, like I no. said, I, the way that it went down is unfortunate, but like the end result, I think it was, it was something that was, was coming it was, anyways. It was going to happen. Had a natural conclusion in that sense. Yes. Um, unrelated, uh, still don't have my luggage. So... Oh, so whose shirt is that? <laughs> That's Chris my brother's is. shirt. Yeah. Yes. Uh, luckily, I have an so where, almost twin brother. My favorite hint, Cliff. Where... Do you have any uh, idea where it is? Guys, let me tell you how the last few days have gone down over here with, with regards to my luggage. Um, with regards to Italy, it's great. Man, old churches are wild. People were so much more talented back in the day than we are mm. today. Like, mm-hmm. I look what they built a thousand years ago, and like we would struggle with a Lego set that didn't have instructions. You know, it's it's insane. Anyway, um so bag didn't show up fine fill out a form we'll call you fine first day went by i didn't hear from them i wasn't super surprised i was like i'll give it another day luckily my almost twin brother was here and had clothes that i could wear cool by the second day i was like i should probably reach out so i called british airways and here's the thing i have an air tag in my bag so I had already known that it would, because it got lost, it got stuck in London on my connection because it was super tight, as we talked about. It. And There's uh, no escalators for the bag either. No escalators, right, correct. So I saw that it had landed in Pisa, which is not the closest airport to where I'm at, but I guess the next closest. I'm like, okay, it's in the country, it's getting here. So on the second day, it hadn't moved from Pisa airport. It was still sitting there, apparently. So I called up the guys, and then I'm like, hey, man, I got in, just wanted to double check. They're like, oh, yeah, really sorry. Um, we see it's in Pisa. I'll put something in the form. I'll, I'll make a note, try to get it to you as soon as possible. It's like, okay. Next day goes by, nothing. So then I call them again the next day. I'm like, hey, guys, uh, it's still in Pisa. What's what's going on here? Oh, it was delivered or it was picked up by – oh, no, first they're like, oh, we see that it was picked up by the owner. I'm like – Sure wasn't, because I'm that guy, and I'm still wearing my brother's drawers. So they go, oh, okay, let me let me check something. And they checked it, like, oh, no, no, it's still in Pisa, but the uh, the the company, the, the courier company courier that they use, yeah. right, has picked it up. So it should be there either late tonight or first thing in the morning. Okay. Didn't come at night. Didn't come in the morning. I, like, didn't go. I didn't leave the place that we're staying that day. Because but you, you could have just watched the air tag, no? The air tag is not super reliable. That's another beef that I've got with Steve oh. Jobs is they've not been super reliable. Um, so they're not going to be great in Colombia. Why? Well, I had already committed to this plan before I knew this. Anyway, we'll 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 touch on that later. So I they don't show up. It doesn't show up by like after midday. So I come up again. I'm like, hey guys, I think I've been pretty reasonable up to this point. I'm getting a little pissed off. You say that they're 
So for the, for the record, this is British Airways. I wanted to be very clear that British Airways sucks and they're terrible at getting stuff done. They've been uh, terrible for a very long time on the plane. I know. They did. They robbed me of my pillow on the plane. Terrible. And then lost my bag. I just refused to find it. And it's been very frustrating. So I kind of get a little, you know, little cranky with the guy acknowledging it's not his fault. But I'm like, you, I, I need more. Like, who else can I talk to? They're like, oh, well, here's the I said, I said, can I have a number for the courier service? He goes, we don't have the number for the courier service. And I was like, Bullshit. you don't not have the number for the company you give all your passengers bags to. And like, well, that's actually run by the airport. So the airport would have that. I was like, okay, well, who can I talk to at the airport? He goes, well, here's a number for the airport. So you call the number that they give you, and it's like, it's disconnected. It's not a real number. You're like, you son of a... So then you go online, you find Florence Airport, you find the baggage thing, you call that number. Well, that number just rings until it disconnects. So you're like, okay. So you call the main number. You're like, can you transfer me the luggage? No, but here's a, here's a number to call it. It's a different number than what's on the website. It's like, okay, so you call that number. That number just rings until it disconnects. So it's... It's been a very frustrating couple of days. Question. Um, yeah. Alex, in the back. Why don't you, why don't you just uh, get in your car and drive to Pisa and get your bag? Because it's not at the airport anymore. And what's oh, hilarious, good. what's, yeah. So first it left the airport. So I'm like, okay, so the, I guess the courier company must have it. But then I went on like Google Earth and looked at the address. It looks like a, it looks like a row of townhouses. So I'm like, oh, my bag's just been stolen. It's just in this guy's house now. So I have two options. Uh, not believe the air tag or show up to a criminal's house and try to get my bag. I mean, then, Tim did that with his laptop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, trust me. This is Wednesday's plan. That guy is now in jail. So, right. Yes. Well, okay. So then, so it was there for like several days. And I'm like, all right, this is really bad. And I was telling them this. And, you know, they're like, no, no, there's no way it was stolen. Well, then this morning, like it, or yesterday, it moved. And now it's not even <laughs> in Pisa. Here's the irony. Today's family outing was to Pisa. Mm. But as of <laughs> yesterday, the bag was no longer in Pisa. It was much closer to Florence. Okay. So it's got, it's coming to you. So I think it's coming in my general direction. Keep in mind, I'm only here for a few more days and at current pace, it ain't going to arrive in time. So we have another family outing planned tomorrow, which is Tuesday. Wednesday, I have told the family... I'm not doing anything. I'm commandeering the car and I'm going to go to where the air tag is and start busting down doors because I want my bag back. <laughs> I still will then fully. I mean, I don't know how this is going to go down. Like, I'm obviously not going to break into some rando's house, but like, I'm going to go looking for it because British Airways, I want to say that again, British Airlines, Airways, whatever it's called, absolutely awful at customer service not helping in any way, shape, or form. So I am also going to try to, you know, do whatever I can to make their life difficult. And if I don't get my stuff back, the claim they're going to receive from me is going to be very, very detailed and very unfortunate for them. Anyway, so I don't have my bag yet. I, I arrived here on a Wednesday morning. It is, we're, we're recording this on Monday evening. I still do not have my bag. My darling brother has lent me clothes. I've washed them several times. I'm just kind of recycling the same couple outfits. And you know what? You know what I realized? Here's the thing, man. And this is where I'm mad at me. I was this close to just packing a carry-on. Yeah. 
But I'm like, I've gone for 10 days. I don't know exactly what the weather's like. I don't know where we're going. I don't know if we're going to like dinner. I don't know what we're doing exactly. So like, if I'm going to check a bag, I, I, fine, I'll just check a bag. And I threw all this stuff in that I didn't need to throw in. But I'm just like, well, I've got the room now, so I'll throw it in, right? So now I've lost like way more stuff than I needed to lose. Mm. But also I've lived here with two and a half outfits for the last week and it's been fine. So we could have just done a carry on very, very easily could have done a carry on. And that's why I'm mad. And that's why I will never check a bag again. Interesting. Yeah. What I'm telling you is you can do it, guys. You can check or so you can carry on for a two week trip. No problem. So do you think I will be able to go to New York Mm -hmm. and then straight to Bali on a carry on? That'll be tough. Because like wedding clothes. Well, no, what I would do is I would have you, I'll take your wedding clothes back, have a second carry on suitcase and I'll just take that back to Indy and you can have one carry on for Bali. Oh my guy. That's, that's big brain thinking right there. That's the hot ticket. Yeah. I will do anything for my friends to never have to check a bag again. Yeah. Although I think Singapore (laughs) Airlines is probably much better at keeping track of their customers' bags and probably helping them. Dude, so. Singapore Airlines is fire. I've never lost a bag with them because they don't suck. Um, Correct. So you, who, who, was it, who was it that sucks again, James? Did you want to uh, say it again? Is it Airways or Airlines? Airways. Can you look that up for me? Airways. British Airways. BA, as it's affectionately known. Um, it's pretty not terrible. for badass. No. No. Uh, it's for barely average airlines, I think, is what that stands for. I digress. Oh. All right. Travel podcast over. Rant over. Uh, I'm going to go wash my clothes for the third time this week. <laughs> well, um, can't wait to find out next week on another episode <laughs> of Off Track Mitch and Rossi if your bag is showing up. Tune in next week to see if I have stuff or a check from British Airways. <laughs> this has been Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Off Track is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. We're at Ask Off Track on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to follow us on Twitter individually, I'm at Hinchtown. He's Alexander Rossi. And if you want to follow Fim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham on Twitter. Follow us on YouTube and subscribe to our channel for exclusive video content. Off Track is produced by Tim Durham. And by that, we mean Fim. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.